Hey, Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye listeners. A quick word about the following episode. Regular listeners know that we are an adult podcast. We use adult language. We talk about adult things. And then at the end, we ask if it's appropriate for children and normally say no. But in this episode, we are discussing the films of Kevin Smith, known for not really having any sort of filter in talking about all sorts of deranged and filthy stuff. Even our intro has some crazy stuff in it. So, the following episode may contain discussions of <clears throat> sex, nudity, body parts both male and female, bodily functions including scatological, sexual fluids and their uses, sexual assault, necrophilia, bestiality, gay sex, lesbian sex, group sex, and drug use. If any of this offends you, Please feel free to join us in our next series when we promise we won't be so filthy. We're really, really sorry. Not even supposed to be here today. What did you like better, Jedi or The Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Think of the children! Empire had the better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father, a uh, hand gets frozen, take away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a down note. I mean, that's what life is, a series of down endings. All, all Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. You know how much money the average jizz mopper makes per hour? Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Nope. Well, what about these two? Oh, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. My love for you is like a truck bell sucker. Would you like some making fuck Belzaka? That's fucking funny, man. My love for you is ticking clock Belzaka. Would you like to suck my cock Belzaka? That's beautiful, man. You know, there's a million fine looking women in the world, dude. But they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the movie podcast where we talk about movie franchises. Here we are in the middle of the Clerks franchise, the aptly named Clerks 2, which was originally called in the credits of Dogma Clerks 2, Hardly Clerkin. Uh, it lost that uh, subtitle was for a while called The Passion of the Clerks after Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ came out and then, and then they dropped that too. But here we are, Clerks do. I'm your host, Andy Wilson. Uh, got a bunch of people calling out this week. Um, uh, JB might be along in a moment, but for now it's just me and um, my my fellow clerk, Melissa. How, how are you doing? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Um, we're the stalwarts movie. Yeah. I'm here and I watched the movie. That's (laughs) about it. I'm going to (laughs) be. 
throughout the preview podcast probably preview for this yeah uh wow um and if if jb and brooke show up um not to completely speak for them i think that they had similar problems getting getting through this um i don't i don't know melissa the you wanted to do these movies and now we're two thirds of the way through them. Um, and I regret my choice. Yes. You, oh <laughs> no. I'm sorry to hear that. No, I, but he, here's, here's the thing. Like um, uh, the biggest reason why I wanted to do these first, I haven't revisited them in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, one of the recurring themes throughout this podcast is that we see these movies from like, you know, other decades and we haven't often haven't seen them since. And so now that we're like middle-aged, we look at these with a very different lens. And it's fascinating to me how much I didn't notice before or didn't care about that didn't bug me that does now, or maybe vice versa. And that's a big reason why I wanted to because you know we wanted trilogies better than you know four or five ten movies or whatever right um i was trying to think of a trilogy but also one that i really you know kind of liked at the time at least i remember liking the original clerks even though now i'm like what the fuck was i thinking but um you know it's it's fascinating to see how much we've changed as people because the movies haven't changed you know what i mean they're yeah. they're, they're the same so um yeah this to me it's almost like a social studies experiment or something it kind of is well and i i keep revisiting what you said when we talked about the first clerks that how this so perfectly captured that that moment of like the early nineties. And I, I, I think that like, that is the greatest strength of that movie. And I don't know, I don't look at this and think like, man, that, that is exactly how 2007 was, or, you know, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't do the same thing, even though it is. For sure. Even though he's, he's, Kevin Smith is basically making the same movie. So, um, yeah, I, I just, yeah. yeah. Um, but here we are revisiting Dante and Randall. Dante is still a sad sack beside, uh, despite having relationships with two amazing women mm. that I that- he does not deserve. He does not deserve. And I want to come back to this. And now he and Randall are working in a a movies, uh, which is the in-universe fast food chain. Um, and because the quick stop burned down. And and Rosario Dawson's the uh, the boss of the place. And she fucking rules. Mm-hmm. That's like the the thing that I come away from that I'm like this movie isn't great, but Rosario is so undeniable in this. Yeah, she just like this movie would be unwatchable without her. I'd just be like, I hate 
everyone in this movie. <laughs> and then Becky shows up and I'm like, you are amazing. Mm-hmm. I, and and yeah. I, I knew she was coming because I've seen this before, even though it's been years and years and years. But like, I, cause I only saw it the one time and, and, you know, that's really all you need to see this movie. You don't need to realize, <laughs> you know? Um, and I didn't remember how long it took for them to bring her into the movie. So I kept waiting and waiting because I thought it's going to get right. better as soon as Rosario Dawson comes in. But I forgot how long we had to fucking put up with, with Dante and Randall before she finally, you know, comes in. So that, that sucked. <laughs> waiting. And and they bring in Elias as though he's like the cousin Oliver of the clerk's crew. <laughs> it's like, oh, it, these these guys are getting old. We need someone who's in his late teens, early twenties to bring back some of that youthful vim and vigor. And it's just really that's a, it, to me. It was more like we just need sucks. somebody that Randall can bully the entire yeah. movie. You know, that, and and that's what it was. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. every single moment i'm like why do, why do we like this guy now i liked him when he was making fun of customers who sucked yeah i picking on elias it's just like elias is just like a sweet sweet boy yeah and who thinks that there's a troll in his girlfriend's pussy and that's fine you know like <laughs> i've met be. It reminds me of so many people we grew up with in Provo. Just like I was thinking that innocent boys, because I forgot all about that shit. And when it was coming, I was like, "Dude, he could be in Saturday's Warrior." Yeah, he could. That's what I thought about. I was like, "I wonder." There's no way to make that this movie clean, right? Like the clean flicks that they do in Utah. There's really no way. I think you could. There'd be nothing left. You know what I mean? Um, But. Yeah, like, look, I'm no fan of of Sunday's Warrior. I'm no fan of organized religion. But Mm -hmm. leave this poor kid alone. I mean, come on, Randall. Stop being a fucking asshole. Well, and he's bullying him even even more for Transformers and Lord of the Rings. Which, I mean, in hindsight, like, the Michael Bay Transformers movies, like... Not great. Not not great. Um, And I... I pray we never do that as a franchise. Oh God! Please, nobody through. ever. Re- well, I mean, you're, you, you're, you're the front man of this this outfit here. So, like, if somebody were to I guess I could veto that, it. you could veto it exactly. Like this, this is not a democracy, okay? Like, you know, it's Andy's podcast. <laughs> I kind of wish you'd vetoed this series a little bit, but. <laughs> I really wanted to do that. Well, and the other reason I wanted to do it is because when we were choosing them, the third movie had just come out and I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. And and I wanted to because I I felt like it was time to revisit these characters. It's like, okay, yeah. every decade we're going to go back and see what's up with Dante and Randall. And, and now I get to go back and it's like, man, all these – all these tricks that Kevin Smith pulled that like were really cute in the nineties, just like aren't working. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I think that is interesting and I think that's important. Um, Although ironically, I think Smith is getting 
much better as a filmmaker. And I think he's better when he is making different kind of stuff to wit. I think, I think his best film is red state. And I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have not. It is the most non Kevin Smith movie you will ever see. It is about a religious cult who hates the government. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's just, it's just about a standoff between these religious psychopaths and, uh, the FBI mm-hmm. and, uh, John Goodman puts in like a hell of a performance, maybe one of definitely in like the top 10 John Goodman performances of his career, which is saying something cause that guy's done a shit ton of stuff. Um, but it's it's just a really solid movie and nobody's making dick jokes and um it actually has something to say and it's like oh okay maybe kevin smith's gonna like be serious and then it's like no i'm uh i'm I'm just gonna go make another clerks movie i guess with you know these these chuckleheads um which i guess we should we should talk about why this film got made um, so Kevin Smith made clerks became this, this cult phenomenon. He made mall rats. People hated it, but it, it got him greenlit to make another movie, which was chasing Amy. She did on a super low budget, became another cult hit was very popular. Um, his, his good buddies, Matt Damon and, uh, Ben Affleck suddenly exploded uh and he had helped make uh goodwill hunting happen uh i believe he's listed as an executive producer on goodwill hunting if i remember um but uh then they made dogma together which wasn't a huge hit but was enough of a commercial success enough of a uh um critical success that then he got to make another movie, which was very silly. And it was Jay and silent Bob strike back, which is, I don't, I don't know if Melissa, if you've ever seen that one. I remember seeing it. I I remember liking dogma because Mm -hmm. it honestly had a lot of shit in there that um, I, as, as a, born and raised Catholic who went to Catholic school most of her life. It, it spoke to me in a lot of ways, yes. democracy, especially. Um, and I, I could see how it would with you being Mormon. So, um, but uh, Jay and Silent Bob, I, I know I've seen it, but just like Clerks 2, I remember two or three things. Like, I, I think they went on a movie lot, right? Yeah, it's, it's essentially the Muppet movie, but in reverse where they're going to Hollywood to stop them from making the Jay and Silent Bob movie. Um, Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and then random adventures happen along the way and there's celebrity cameos and whatever. Um, So that's why it's, it's like the Muppet movie in reverse. And I think that movie is dumb, but hilarious. Um, But again, it was a, is a fairly big commercial success. And then he made Jersey Girl. <laughs> um, and 
people hated that movie and nobody went to go see it. And for a while it was like, is Kevin Smith's career over? Is he going to make another movie? Uh, and about the same time, uh, uh, Jason Mewes was um, battling drug addiction really, really hard. Uh, Kevin Smith got him into rehab and and promised him if you if you beat this and you stay sober, we'll make another Clerks movie and you can play you can play Jason Mewes again because you've blown through all of your money on on all this other stuff. So let's let's do this and we can do it again as long as you stay clean. We'll we'll keep making Jay and Silent Bob movies. Wow. So um, uh, between the the um, the drubbing that Jersey Girl got and the need to like try to find a way to make something that might be familiar and commercially successful and the promise to his friend. Uh, therefore they, they went forward with making uh, clerks too. along the way. They almost didn't because Jeff Anderson, who plays Randall, um, didn't want to make the movie for a while for a couple of years was like, I don't want to revisit this character. I, I don't really think that there's anything there. Um, they, they kept offering him more and more money and, you know, rewriting stuff. And then finally he relented and said, okay. So they went ahead and did it. Um, so yeah, we got, we got clerks too. Uh, and originally Kevin Smith wanted to cast uh, his wife as Becky, the Rosario Dawson part. Huh. Um, Harvey and Bob Weinstein were like, no, you are not putting your wife as the female lead in this movie. She can be the other woman. She can be uh, the one that Dante is going to marry. But we're going to cast a named star in in this film. So uh, they wound up with Rosario Dawson. Huh. Um, I yeah. have no idea about any of that. Yeah, a lot of craziness. But yeah, that's Kevin Smith's wife who is uh, making out with Dante on the swing set. Mrs. Hicks. Um, Mrs. Hicks. Yeah, so, uh, and his daughter is also in the movie. She's the little girl that waves at Dante through a window. Yeah. Uh, this is also the, the second movie Kevin Smith has put his his daughter, uh, Harley Quinn Smith, in. The first one was at the beginning of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I don't know if you remember, there is a flashback scene where... Uh, um, it's like a baby Jay and a baby silent Bob standing in front of the quick, quick stop in strollers. And, uh, yeah. Um, little Harley Quinn Smith plays baby silent Bob. Um, no. which is funny. That's, that's adorable. I don't remember that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's his, that's his, that's his baby girl. And then, and then the third movie of his that she got to be in is she is in, Oh, I guess she's in both Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Um, she and Johnny Depp's kid are uh, their own version of clerks in in Tusk and Yoga Hosers. So. I did not see either of those. I've I've heard okay things, but I was just like, eh, I'm sort of yeah. 
I'm sort of mad on Kevin Smith right now, and I don't want to see the like <laughs> mad scientist turning someone into a walrus. Uh, weird movie, and I'm not going to watch the Nepo Baby movie about that's a Clerks remake of fighting tiny Nazis. Although maybe I should watch it finally for this series. I don't know. Um, yeah. So Kevin Smith put his family in it, and then he brought everybody back into the movie. Ben Affleck shows up. Jason Lee shows up. Um, Ethan Supley, uh, who was who was in Mallrats, is is at the beginning. Um, yeah, it's it's just full of his uh, his same people and and a couple of the people like at the very end, the guy who comes in and orders a pack of cigarettes was in orders a pack of cigarettes in the original um, Clerks and the the woman looking through all of the milks is the same woman who was uh, looking through the milks in the, the first milk place. Well. Yeah. So I did those... like the callbacks like that. Mm-hmm. I did like the, those callbacks to the original, but it's one of the few things I liked about this movie. I mean, this was a slog. Yeah. And it's not even that long of a movie. It just felt like a slog. I, I just kept wanting to turn it off. And I was like, no, not only... I'm going to watch this so we can do the podcast, but this was my choice, so I have to. You know what I mean? Like, it's the longest 97 minutes I've experienced. Yes, it yeah. really was. I mean, I've I've seen some really terrible movies, but even those, I don't think I wanted to turn the movie off as much as I did this one. Uh, the one moment of joy that, and I've um, I, I've said this before. I love the entirety of the Jackson 5 dance sequence. I just think that is so much fun. And I don't know. It's it it's it's just fun to see like you know everybody dancing and having a good time and um like silently really um subversively inclusive like all of the people who are in like that dance mob at the end Mm -hmm. just it's it's so many different people and you know there's there's a there's an indian woman there's a nun there's a guy with a with a shaved head and a bunch of tattoos and a bunch of piercings you know, it, it could have just been like your sort of standard, everybody looks like a regular person. Um, I don't know, like the, the the dance mob scene at the beginning of La La Land, where just everybody gets out of their cars and it's like, okay, well, everybody's just well-dressed and, and is a professional dancer, sure. I have um, never seen La La Land. Keep it that way. No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> I don't love La La Land. It's okay. It's, it, it's okay. You know, I usually like like song and dance or musicals or, you know, anything like that. But that one, I was like, just eh. something about it just didn't look okay to me. So I was like, whatever, I'm just not going to watch this. Mark and I have a long standing argument about it because I think the movie is distasteful because I don't like that Ryan Gosling is like, uh, trying to mansplain how much he loves jazz to John Legend the entire movie um, and how how great of a jazz musician he is. And I'm just like, dude, 
think that's just not cool. Uh, have some have some self awareness. Uh, anyway, but I love that this movie is like he's not making a point about it. He's not saying like, "Hey, look at this diversity." It's just everyone is very different, and that like, "Hey, we can all come together and dance to the Jackson Five, and that's like a universal happiness." Um, you know, wavelength that we can all be on. And I just, I don't know that, that bit makes me very happy. Um, maybe I'm over romanticizing that, but I like that part. It, it, yeah, I liked it, but, um, you know, what annoyed me about that is that they clearly purposely did not put a bra on Rosario Dawson. Yeah. She was just bouncing all over the place. And, and I mean, look, Look, I, I'm not a prude, okay, but it's obvious, like, I mean, go without a bra. Let the tatas free if you want. But when they do it in a movie like this, especially with the misogyny of the first movie, it is so painfully obvious that it was a choice that was made to do that. Do you understand? Yeah. It wasn't like, totally. oh, I forgot to put on a bra or something. No. They yeah. made a deliberate choice to leave her bra list so she could, you know, just mm-hmm. flop around everywhere and that it annoys me because of the misogyny of the first you know what i'm saying like well and, and the misogyny of this one who fucking doesn't wear a bra to work like every you know well that's not realistic okay it's not okay you know I, yeah i will take your word you know, for it yes. you know why because men will stare because if you get even a little bit cold they will stare at you they will know people will judge you. Mm-hmm. And if you're at work, well, I mean, in an environment like that, it may not apply so much. But like, if I didn't wear a bra to work, it would be pretty fucking obvious. And I'm I'm trying to like, keep moving up. I'm trying to keep my momentum here. I'm not trying to, you know, be, be you know, the one who didn't wear a bra, because that's what will happen to you if you're a woman, you're just going to be the chick totally. without a bra. No matter how good your work is, no matter how uh, well you do, it, it you know how productive you are, it doesn't matter. Women fa- have to avoid those traps at all times. Now, granted, this is a fast food place. She's a manager. It doesn't look like there's anybody higher than her there, so maybe it doesn't matter. But normally, those things matter for a woman because mm-hmm. you you will be ridiculed. You'll be called out. You'll be remembered for that instead of all of your contributions. Yeah. Well, and and I do think that this movie has a lot of the same elements of of that same misogyny that carry over to this. Mm-hmm. And and not only in in that, like the the expectation and the like utter male fantasy of the idea of you know, someone like Becky, who's hashtag not like the other girls, and she doesn't wear a bra, and she's so free, and she talks about dirty shit, and um, and the fact that she is attracted to Dante <laughs> and wants to spend her life with him, and the fact that this other woman also is attracted to Dante. It's like, these are two amazing people 
who have so much going on in their lives and it is just the height of male ego that like you can be the most worthless schlub on the planet and you know films like this feed you the expectation mm-hmm. that that you not only deserve you know um women you deserve multiple women who who are gonna take care of you mm-hmm. and and it's just it it, it just i mean it, going back to what you said about seeing this with fresh eyes and things you didn't notice the first time around but as i'm watching this now and i just that was the thing that bothered me so much is mm-hmm. the the Dante is still just like a nothing burger. And I just, I don't understand it. And I don't understand why, why the narrative loves him so much and expects us to, to like him so much. It's like, okay, he's 21. He doesn't have his life in order. Okay. There's a lot of sort of aimless people in their early twenties who don't have their life figured out yet when you're in like your mid thirties and that's still going on and it's like, well, it's okay. Cause you know, her, her dad's going to give you a job or your boss is going to fall in love with you. And ugh, I just, I can't stand yeah. it. Same. And, and the thing is to like that, that scene in jail was one of the only times that I liked Randall this entire movie because he yes. he laid it out to Dante. Dante blames him like for his shortcomings and the fact that he has failed to to do anything with his life. That's that's Randall's fault, really? That's yeah, other no. people's fault? Fuck you, Dante. Like I wanted to reach in the screen and just fucking knock him out. Just yeah. just I mean what the fuck oh, god it, yeah. it's uh that annoyed me it, it it actually angered me like that whole scene and it, thank god randall you know shoved it back at him you know um i mean he was being a little over overly something prosaic maybe uh, in, in some parts of it that little speech yeah. of his but he understood what Dante didn't is that uh, his failure to launch is his fault. It's not yep. anybody else. And the fact that Dante would blame him just further proves that he does not deserve either of those women. That shit just falls in his lap. He is the definition of of failing up. Mm-hmm. The very just, definition of it. Yep. In, entitled mediocrity. It's mm-hmm. just it's so annoying and and yeah, I agree. That is the one moment where where I like Randall because he is able to put Dante in his place. At the same time, Randall Randall really sucks through most of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I just I mean from the from the bullying of Elias, which we've already talked about, to the racism, which is unwarranted. Um the the casual homophobia that 
continues to be sprinkled throughout all of this. It just, it just sucks. Do we want to talk about the Wanda Sykes scene? Um, Because I know you had some stuff to say about that. Okay, so we already know Randall is a dumbass. I mean, we've known this since the first movie. And I don't know why, you know, filmmakers, they they seem to have to hammer a point home, like hit us over the head with a fucking bat or something. We know he's a dumbass, but to bring up the whole porch monkey thing. Ugh. He's a dumbass, but he's not like unaware of what's going on. He just doesn't give a fuck. That's the impression I had of him from the first movie. But not knowing that Porch Monkey is a racial slur feels to me like him not understanding the world or something. I think he understands the world perfectly well. He's just unmotivated to join it in any way that's, you know, beyond his kind of tunnel vision uh i don't understand why they needed to bring this up what to show us how much of a dumbass he is to further prove it what's the point of it what was the point i mean i okay i think it was an excuse for kevin smith to try to be super edgy And he knows, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we spouted off every single racial slur we can think of for black people? Wouldn't that be edgy? Wouldn't that be hilarious? And I think that was the whole point of this scene. And then to continue this like running gag that like, oh, he's a dumbass and he's trying to take it back. And the fact that you know, in in 2006, he thought it was okay to have a white person in his script use the N-word multiple times. Like, 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 that was not okay, and we knew that was not okay in the 90s when Tarantino was doing it. Because I remember that conversation around around Pulp Fiction and around, um, yeah, and around uh, Tarantino's other 90s films that, like, hey, this is still not okay that, like, you're you're letting white people use the N-word in that way. Like, and I just, it's so frustrating to me that, they allowed him to do that and no one's like hey this is just really not okay you could take it all out of the script and it wouldn't change anything except for except for a running joke that really doesn't land Mm -hmm. and i don't think really makes a lot of sense um however the the other thing that i think is perhaps useful and instructive here. And I'm not going to give Kevin Smith credit for it because I think he unintentionally fell into this. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a perfect display of what like entitled middle-aged men do when they find out that 
they're being racist or they're being bigoted in some way. They get really, really defensive and they go on and on and on about how it's not really racist. Mm. And then they try to make excuses for it. And then they try to make themselves the hero at the end. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think this film intended us to learn that lesson about Randall, but I see that happen all the time with white dudes. Yeah. And... Cause I don't think when this movie was being made that, that we were calling people out enough on that kind of shit. No, um, we, we really weren't. And, and so that was part of the problem, you know, um, yeah, it seems almost like he was trying to send that message, but at the time, casual racism or or um, what's the word? Ironic racism or some shit with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was a real thing, and um, yeah, no, it it, yeah. it was a thing at the time, and it shouldn't have been, and uh, yeah, I. I I don't know what else to say except gross. Um, They that that era, and in this, and in that way, much like the original Clerks, it does kind of stand as kind of like an example of what life was like, what culture the culture was like at the time, Um, Mm -hmm. because that was very much acceptable at the time. Ironic racism, or you know what I mean, whatever. No. Such thing. It's just racism, people. And but it was acceptable at the time, and then maybe that's why he did it. Uh, but I, I can see why you think that it reads like he was making a statement. Nah, if this movie was made ten years later, he might have been making that statement. But oh no, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying the opposite. I don't think. Oh yeah, no, I know. I but but I think yeah. that people see it now with no context, and they that's what they mm-hmm. might think. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you could give this as a reading of this film, but I don't think that that's, I don't know. I think this movie was, let's do as much offensive shit as we think, as we can get away with, ergo the donkey show, um, which is problematic in a whole other way. Um, and, you know, if we can just be, as edgy and crazy as as we can, then then we'll really make them laugh. Because if we just make everybody really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and and that to some extent was very much the like comedy culture of the second half of the two thousands and the early twenty tens, and you know that there was a lot of you know. Um, stuff that like people were doing on Twitter and like people like Dan Harmon and James Gunn and others and have like old tweets that people dig up and they're like, Oh yeah, that was, that was really racist. That was really misogynistic. And I was just trying to be edgy for a joke. And, um, yeah, I think that was tolerated to a much greater extent and really shouldn't have been. Because I I mean, I remember seeing this movie when it came out and not liking this for the same reason. I'm just like, 
that's just really unnecessary. Like, if you want to make a point about how, oh, hey, our it's funny that I had a racist grandma and I never knew that before. You could do that, but that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really, really offensive. Uh, and therefore, the best joke in the scene comes from uh, Wanda Sykes' husband, who's like, "Oh no, it's okay. You can't taste racism." I think I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'll. It's it's okay. I'll I'll let the racist. I'll let the racist dude make my hamburgers. I'm just really hungry right now. <laughs> I can, okay, that's that's kind of funny. Um, I I like that. That was that was well done. Um, I think the rest of it was not. Um, any any other scenes you want to pick out of here that struck you? Um. I I don't know. I, I I just think the whole movie sucks. Um I, I could break down, you know, scene by scene why it sucks. There's very few bright spots or moments. Um I kind of like Ben Affleck at the beginning because that sour look on his face is how I felt the entire movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh so anyway, um, Yeah, I we God. I need to talk about the donkey show. Thing. Okay. Again with the like trying to be edgy and it being so problematic and I just I mean this isn't just problematic but like I have an issue with this on like a very different ethical level because it it completely misunderstands why this is a taboo. And the taboo is animals can't fucking consent to what you're doing to them sexually. And it is not okay to be doing that. I'm not trying to kink shame people. If people want to read dinosaur erotica or Bigfoot erotica or whatever that they're into, then, you know, fine. But like when we're talking about this as a real life thing and the fact that uh, there is unfortunately a long history of people having sex with uh, domesticated animals, farm animals Mm -hmm. specifically, that's, you know, that's not okay. And it's not, it's not something that should be um, used to titillate um, or as a punchline. It's just, it's it's gross in the same way that necrophilia is gross. It's gross in the same way that pedophilia is gross. That when there's no consent, uh, it it just crosses a line. And it if you don't understand that, then you have some problems with understanding what consent is. And I wonder how you are treating the other people in your life if you are not respecting that. Um, And that's why it is such like a major red flag to me. 
Um, so yeah, that's my that's my big problem with this. Not just that it's gross, but that it just like sends up alarm bells on like a completely different level that yeah. that concern me. And it and it wasn't funny. That's the thing. It it was yeah. Like, it was funny or anything. It just you know it it, it was again it, how I felt about clerks like some people with too much time on their hands wrote a script and thought oh that's so cool oh yeah and and it was like a circle jerk of guys saying that's so cool that's so funny and <clears throat> really they didn't get any outside uh you know kind of kind of read on this because i know i'm not that we are not the only people who've seen this movie who didn't find it funny you know mm-hmm. um but that's what happens. You get even a, a sniff of success, which he did, and you're allowed to make shit like this because, you know, I think like even if the Weinsteins didn't maybe understand it completely, it was, you know, it's a sequel. Sequels usually do pretty well. And, you know, it was a sequel to a movie that had so much going for it. So, so much momentum right. at the time. So, of course, he got to make this movie, but it sucks. Yeah, that's it's it's just so unfortunate because I feel like with some help and some perspective um, that Kevin Smith could have could have made something even a little better. But it was just like, no, we're fuck it. We're doing this. Let's like, who cares Uh, this? We think this stuff is subversive. Let's put it out there. This you is very can't. much the suburban dad movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little out of touch with what's edgy, but he thinks he knows, so he goes along with it, and it's not. And look, this movie doesn't have to be edgy. It could have been good without being edgy. You don't have to be a fucking edgelord to, to make a good movie. But when you try and you fail on such a level as this, it's it's just bad. Yeah, I mean... and. To to that point, I think this film does capture something about being middle-aged that is that is good and that is helpful. Where you're like, oh, my life kind of didn't turn out how I thought it would. I'm trying to steer it in this other direction. I have to reckon with the choices I've made in my past. And I need to start making new choices for my future. What is my, what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to be doing? And I think this film glances off of that in a couple of places. And where it does, it's where the film has its value. Again, the jail scene. Um, and, and, you know, Dante says, turn that pendulum back around on you. What would you, the great randall graves do if you had control of your life and said i'd reopen the quick stop and we would own it and you know there's this like beautiful shared moment that like yeah you know what that that would be pretty fucking rad if i i think that my best conception of how i want to spend the rest of my life is working with my best friend and being rude to people. And I just want to goof off for the rest of my life doing this shitty job. 
but at least we'd be doing it on our own terms and be our own bosses. That that's like, oh wow, that that is that's eye-opening. That feels good. That um and and you know, I I think that is um I I, I think that is the I mean, maybe not the only bright spot in the movie, because obviously Rosario Dawson, the bright <laughs> spot. I, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing I can come away from this movie with and feel like, okay, there's, there is something good and valuable here. But it's buried in 90 minutes of other shit that is just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a really great middle-aged movie there's not a lot of great middle-aged movies i think nine and a half by fellini is like the great middle-aged movie um oh it's it's uh it's very boring and very italian (laughs) but it's one of the great movies uh yeah anyway um i saw this is 40 um this is 40 is great yeah, I like this as forty. That's another yeah, good one. I can't relate to it at all because their forty did not look like my forty, obviously because they're married and have kids. But yeah. uh, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I I sort of didn't know what to expect from it, but um, yeah. I like I like the rom com about a married couple. Like that's that was cute. I liked that. Um, yeah. Uh, we we need. We need more of more of that, um, but we don't. We just don't make rom coms anymore. No. Um, okay. Any anything else, or do we want to start talking about box office? Is JB gonna be able to? I have no idea. He he just messaged us asking how much longer we'll be going. Um, Maybe he, maybe he can get his computer to work. Uh, it, it apparently went ass to mouth and <laughs> some sort of virus. Oh god! What, what, what was, was your joke about it? On. I oh, know. I said that the the donkey must have stopped and stomped on it in the throes of passion or something. Yeah. 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 JB was going to the the donkey show websites. That's that's how he got. That's probably place. how he got a fucking virus. Yeah. You know what I really okay. hate about donkey shows? The first thing people think of is fucking Mexico. Right. Okay. I wanted to I wanted to talk about that because that was how it was always presented to me too. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, did you hear about this crazy shit that they have in Tijuana? And I'm like. Like, it feels like you are besmirching, like, a great town with with this idea, as though debauchery only exists in, in, in Baja, California, you know? Yeah. Um, um, look, yeah. I have no doubt that you can go find a donkey show somewhere in Mexico, but I also have no doubt you can find one here or there or anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, but the fact that it's only associated with there, it really makes me mad. It's because it's it it's so easy to for people to keep perpet, you know, uh, perpetrating this myth because it the way people think of Mexico, especially border towns in Mexico, um, 
it fits right in, right? The debauchery, like you were saying, uh, drugs and alcohol, people getting drunk, you know, uh, sex workers everywhere. That's how people think of Tijuana and a lot of border towns. And, you know, that's just where uh, college kids go to play on the weekends or, you know, on a Friday night or something. And so it's so easy to keep talking about this, keep bringing this up every few years in a fucking movie. But, you know, the first time I ever saw any kind of donkey show was actually in a very white male American movie called Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks, who we just finished doing a series on. And um, I mean, she didn't like have sex with him, but it looked like that was where it was headed, you know. Um, But she did look Hispanic to me and she didn't speak English. So that, you know, but it it's just. It's so easy for people, and again, casual racism, to to just keep saying, you know, it's a Mexican thing, and, and it just makes me mad. Yeah, when when I first heard about the the myth of the donkey show, it was like, oh, I heard about this thing that takes place in Tijuana, and it was so casual, and no one ever said like, oh, I've I've been there, I know about it. Um, or knew someone who had, but it's like, I, I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend and it, again, it's just like, I don't know when, when, when I was in San Diego and the, my only experience with Tijuana was my friends wanted to go to TJ cause you could drink, mm-hmm. um, at 18 and I would be the designated driver. And that was it. You know, there was no like crazy debauchery. It was just like, oh yeah, you know, we can, we can get some beers and they can, you know, they can drink. And, um, and it was like, it was great. It was, it was safe and it was normal. And yeah, uh, it, it, it just bothers me. And then that, uh, but like you said, the only real depictions of this uh, despite them being, you know, these me- mythical things in uh, in Tijuana, are depictions in very white American films. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I th- again, I think it's Americans who have the problem. Uh, this isn't, and and yeah, and continuing to paint a very broad brush with. Um, with Latinos and Mexicans is just absolutely terrible. Uh, to that point, though, like Rosario Dawson as Becky, like never mentioned at all that she's Latina. Mm. Um, doesn't come up. Um, this film doesn't seem interested in exploring any any of those things and the you know, the only racial issue it brings up is the, you know, the, the scene with, with Wanda Sykes and, and right. her husband. And, and to some extent, I'm okay with that. Um, when a movie or a TV show makes it all about just race, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it, it's too much or, or what happens is like, it's about one thing, but then, when the racial component comes in, it just smothers everything else. And then 
the whole initial point or the plot, it just gets lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, and, and it's like, okay, there's this show. I, I think I might have mentioned it on this podcast when it came out. It's called Primo. It's on freebie. Yeah. Amazon, yeah. Okay? Yes. Set here in San Antonio um, mm-hmm. about a, a young boy who's an actual person. It's based on his life. He grew up here in San Antonio. Um, it's a Latino family through and through. You can tell just by, you know, the way their house is, the customs, the things that they say or do, but it doesn't become about their Latina thought. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't come about them being a Chicano family. It's, it's a Chicano family just loving and winning and losing and, and everything in between. Um, and, and it's just done so wonderful and it's never about race, even though on, you know, in the background, it's a little about race. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not the focus. And so it just feels normal and normalizing Chicanos doing everyday things that everybody does. It's, it's, it was such a breath of fresh air instead of a right. very, you know, those very special episodes where they focus on race, where somebody's the victim of racism and then how they deal with it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those episodes of TV or those movies. There isn't. Mm-hmm. But it gets tiresome, especially when it spoils the plot, when it takes focus away from the things that were working. And it also just sometimes feels like you're being clubbed over the head with it. Um, right. So him not clubbing us over the head with Rosario Dawson being uh, a Latina and, and uh, an Afro Latina, which who don't get a lot of roles. Let's face it. I mean, Latinos in general don't get a lot of roles, especially lead ones. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, Afro Latinas even less. Right. And even right. to the day, it's basically her and Zoe Saldana. Right. That's, it. I mean, that's yep. about it. Right. So it's, it's just, um, it's okay for me in one respect, but knowing the era it came from, like we were talking about earlier, how this came from an era where casual racism was not just accepted, but kind of like expected in a sense, uh, because of the era, I don't want to excuse him for that because then he should have maybe said something, you know, like, like had some dumbass talk about, you know, um, you know, having a biracial baby or something. You know what I mean? Like, probably fucking Randall saying something about it because he's apparently a racist idiot now, um, which I never read from him in the first movie. But uh, so I don't excuse him for bringing it up. But on the flip side of that, just to play devil's advocate, do we want a white man's take on that? Not really. Right. No. Yeah. And since he wrote this and directed it, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm not interested in Kevin Smith's take about uh, Afro-Latinas. And it, clearly he doesn't think they deserve very good in life or else he wouldn't have paired her with fucking Dante. Dante. Yeah, jeez. Poor girl. Uh, in the credits, uh, Kevin Smith gives thanks to so many people. And for Rosario Dawson, uh, his thanks to her is... Thanks for such an amazing acting job that made us believe that Becky would actually ever fuck 
Dante. Like, <laughs> that's well, he pretty knew. true, right? He knew. He knew. He knew he's a worthless piece of shit. And anyway. Yeah. And still it's like, no, you gotta give her or give him the you know, these two amazing shining stars and still he, you know, complains about how he fucked his life up. Oh, one other thing that I think is so important here. The the whole thing in the first movie, the the focus on uh Caitlin cheating on him or as being you know a, a part of their previous relationship or anything it's like he's the fucking cheater in this movie and nobody nobody calls him on it except for his fiance who dumps a cake on him um he deserved far worse mm-hmm. like way way worse and just how dare he like and and they're not even nobody mentions it like oh yeah you're you're cheating on your fiance um there's no shame in it there there's no judgment in the in the narrative or or anywhere and it's just like absolutely deplorable and again to the double standard in these movies as evidence in the first movie of like, oh, you know, Dante slept with 12 women and that's great. That's awesome. Uh, his his girlfriend, you know, blows twice as many dudes and suddenly she's the slut. And it's just like, yeah, no. the Neither of those things is okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the double standards all around. Yikes. Um, okay. So this movie uh, was released on July 21st of 2006. Um, did you see this in the theater? Or no. did you see it on video after? Yeah, I saw it, I think, maybe several years later, honestly. Yeah, I think I did too. I think I... I think the two times that I watched this, it like came on on cable somewhere and I started watching it halfway through and I'm like, oh, I'd never seen this before. And then we had, um, we'd just gotten uh, a DVR and I found the next time that it was playing and recorded it and then watched it. Um, So that was... That was the first time I watched it. Yeah, maybe like sometime in like 2007, 2008. Um, so it was it was definitely after. Um, but but OK, so when uh, when that was released, the summer of 2006, um, it made twenty four million dollars uh, domestically in the U.S. Uh, and an additional three million um internationally adjusted for inflation that's about 38 million so did not make a lot of money uh what however what is um what is interesting it is the highest grossing of any of the clerks movies Hmm. uh by a long shot 
um, because neither of the others made more than single millions in, in di um, single digits in millions. Um, so this did far better uh, and is about on par with his other high water marks of uh, Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which made like 30 million. So uh, it, it only cost about 5 million to make. So they were they were doing great. Um, Kevin Smith works cheap, but that that also makes me sad because I if they only spent five million dollars on this movie, I think that means Rosario Dawson probably got paid maybe in the low hundreds of thousands of dollars for this movie, and that makes me sad. Just knowing how Hollywood works, I wonder how much he got paid. I bet it wasn't much. Anyway, uh, should not be that way uh, because she is great. Speaking yes. of studio notes, what would we do to try and fix this movie? I I, I know I've, I've gone to this well a lot of times, but we've been just watching some shitty movies lately, mostly my fault. But uh, I wouldn't make it. Um, just not at all. Okay. I, I really wouldn't. Look, it... The first one was interesting, at least. This is just boring. If you're going to make this movie um, and and the characters all these years later have no forward movement, then tell us why or show us something. But don't just placing them here with Dante, you know, relying on his fiance that who he lucked out on to provide his future for him. It. I don't know. I I don't like the jump. Not that I. I mean, maybe it's a boring, you know, in between or something. But the journey is usually far more interesting than him O'Brady arriving at this destination that he thought he had to be at. Um, it it's just bullshit, you know. Um, I can't really express it any better than that. That this whole thing is bullshit, and and it should not. It just shouldn't have been made, honestly. Yeah. it's. Do you have a pitch for what Clerks 2 could have been, should have been? Or just leave it alone and let, let it be its own thing? So I guess if I were going to write Clerks 2, like somebody wanted me to write it, I don't know what I would have written in the with the era it was made in because I I was a different person then. But if I was making that film today, I would say show us more because the only thing we really know about these people is like like we only know Dante and Randall through their relationship with each other. We don't know them as individuals. We don't really know anything about these characters, quite frankly. We we probably know more about Jay and Silent Bob than than Dante. We do, Mitchell, you know, yeah. yeah. And 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 that's with Silent Bob saying like one thing per movie, right? right. Uh, and I did get a, a little kick out of like they're in the jail cell and they're talking back and forth, and then you know Jay looks at Silent Bob. He's like, "Hey, it's this is your entrance." Like he he's. 
smart enough to know that this is the time when he says something profound, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he didn't have anything to say. And I was yep. like, well, yeah, that's sums up this movie, doesn't it? Like, you know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to know what to was, say. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert for my favorite line of the movie. That's when silent Bob says, I got nothing. I'm like, yeah. boy, you summed up. Mm hmm this entire film you yeah, got nothing you got nothing exactly got nothing. that's exactly what i was thinking at the same time uh when that was playing i was like oh my god does he realize he summed up this movie does he know he's making a shit movie because if so he's just being cynical and doing it for the money i mean what what's happening here you know um, i mean he kind of is he said i'm gonna make a movie for my friend when he gets sober so he can get paid and like well, it was maybe, that he was uninspired yeah may, maybe that's all it was it's just like yeah you know i got i got kicked around with jersey girl nobody really seemed to like that i guess i go back to the well and do this piece of shit and it doesn't have to be good because my fans will show up pretty much no matter what so let's just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and that's that's it um, if, if Kevin Smith brought me this script, I would, I, I would be like, yeah, no, this is a page one rewrite. Uh-huh. Go I, back. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, uh, cause I, I didn't answer your question, but yeah, but cause I, I got off on a rant, but like for me, what I was thinking during the movie, what would be far more interesting is to see them at the beginning of the movie having success and then they lose it right almost like yes and then see how they react to it if they can bring themselves out of it i think that would have been way more interesting like they they something great happened like they they're working for like enron or something and then enron crashes and then they have to go to work at movies and let's see how they react do you know what i'm saying yep Yep, I think that would absolutely. have been way more interesting and probably the approach I would have taken had I had a crack at this script. Yeah, that's and and that was if if I got to take this, I'd say, look, the the one nugget here is Randall saying we should open the quick stop. You need to think about this as part of a trilogy, Kevin, since you are already talking about trilogies and how they work this is your empire you need to make the last third of this movie very dark and you need to deal with you know death or loss of of some sort and i love the idea melissa of starting them off of like having to deal with great success like um and and then, you know, but then they, when everything gets taken away from them, they decide that the thing that they really, truly love is working at the quick stop. Yeah. And that's what they... Way more interesting. Although I did envision, but but it doesn't make sense exactly. But one of the things I was envisioning, because that's how bored I was with this movie. I was trying to think of other things, you know, um, that... that Jay and Silent Bob, because of their, their drugs, they have some celebrity connections. And so they convinced 
Jay and Ra- or Jay, um, Randall, Dante and Randall. to get all their life savings together and have basically the fire festival. And then it went down in flames like the fire festival. <laughs> and to have that happen at like the very beginning of the movie. And so now they're broke and, and they like Dante has to move in with Randall into his mom's house and like, you know, basically try and figure out what the fuck to do next. So see that. Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty fun. But they're also embroiled in 15 lawsuits because of the festival. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Hey, it's JV. Welcome. Hey, sorry. I finally got this to work. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry about the phone. I like Melissa's idea. I would just add that they sold drugs to Matthew McConaughey and he shows up (laughs) and, and like picks them up in a Lincoln or something and takes them to to the festival and then they burn it down but anyway it, i, I imagine like it got idea. protested by someone mm-hmm. because they're stupid and clueless and and that and then the whole thing like goes up in flames and yeah yeah, yeah. i like that jb if you so okay i rewind because we didn't have you here for um for most of this other stuff we'll come back to your studio notes in a minute how do you generally feel about this movie? Melissa and I are both like, it's it's kind of a piece of shit, but there's a couple of nuggets that we really like. I'm trying to figure out why it has a 7.5 rating. Really? Right? Like, yeah. Like, Kevin Smith's fans got... love him. Oh, and, and I and I and I wonder if it's I wonder if you rated it again today if it would have that high of a rating or, or is it just, and like, like you talked about last time, Melissa, is it just a relic? Um, and people rate it high because it's a relic. I, I, I don't know that I found this as horrible as the first one. It was just, like you said, it was boring. I was bored out of my mind watching Mm -hmm. it. And I kept waiting for Rosario Dawson to be like, I'm better than this movie. I'm leaving. (laughs) But she is better than this movie. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, I I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I think I must have watched it on VHS. And I don't remember being super involved in it then. Um, And I don't remember being super involved with it now. Um, There are some parts you know, there is always the silent Bob meaningful diatribe. Right. But, um, not this time. I don't that, know. Was, that was the, and that was my whole point. The, uh, yeah. The fact that he says, I got nothing really sums up. The whole, <laughs> Which uh, I, the is kind of like, what oh, the diatribe oh, should have been. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't remember it much then. And I feel like whatever you and Melissa talked about to do to this movie is probably what should have happened because <laughs> it really doesn't it's i but it's how not do you redeeming. feel about the donkey jv well and that's <laughs> like wh- why like why are we doing that part you know like it's such a strange i mean i i get that it's the you know frat boy wink wink thing but do why why do we do it in the movie i don't know yeah, I mean, 
my my so take. It, oh, oh, I was gonna say so. Jake, so Jake can do his Buffalo Bill impression. Is that the whole point? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he does that anyway. I mean, okay, I I laughed at that. I mean, it's stupid okay. and terrible in a lot of ways, but I I I laugh and because I'm a sicko who, when you turn on Goodbye Horses, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, no. but I mean my take on the whole donkey show and on most of this was like, we're just trying to be as super edgy as possible. And if we just throw enough shocking stuff out there, then people will laugh because Holy crap. Can you believe all the shit they're getting away with in this movie? Right. And, right. and so I think, I think that's what it all boils down to. And the, which also explains the like lack of cohesion in in any of this it's just because it's just like i don't know uh, yeah. let's let's do this thing for a minute yeah it kind of is all over the place isn't it mm-hmm. it it really is so um so then jb do, do you have like if if kevin smith handed this draft to you and said we're making clerks three what or clerks two how would you tell him to to fix this? What's the drive of these two characters, right? Like, I all I do, I think it just makes these characters less likable. Like even Randall, in some ways, I kind of left this movie liking him less. And I wonder if. He, how do you make it more meaningful about the relationship between the two main characters? Right. And and I think that's probably, I would, <laughs> I don't know, this is terrible, but do you bring in uh, someone who knows how to write characters? Like, I, well, I don't know, Sam Mendes, terrible example, but you know what I mean? Do you bring somebody who knows how to make characters relate on the screen? And actually make a meaningful, not quite Brokeback Mountain, but, you know, why not make this actually about two people who care about each other in weird ways and then have Jay and Silent Bob as checkpoints to remind them what friendship really is. Yeah. Right? Who's I think that's what it is. Who joined us? Is that you? Brooke? I'm not even supposed no. to be here today. <laughs> oh my God, it's Mark. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> All right, Mark, good timing. We were just talking about how I would fix it. How would you fix this movie? Uh, look, look I'm, I'm with you that Dante kind of ruins the entire Clark's franchise. Uh, I don't think he can act. I'm, not, I'm, I'm very sure he's not a good actor. So he kind of weighs down all the films. But um, do you mean... <laughs> but I think uh, this is the better of of the first two movies for a really? lot of reasons. Yeah. Oh. It's got, okay, it's got, you're gonna have to explain yourself, dude, because this movie blows. <laughs> it's got better production. Better, better in quotes, you mean? <laughs> it, it, it's got better production value, okay. and the story is a lot better than the first one. What? Yes, it is. Do uh, with that what you will. Were you at so? Was this movie not boring to you, Marco? No, I mean, I li- I really liked uh, uh, Rosario Dawson's character. I think she brings life to to that movie. 
You like that she wasn't I, wearing a bra in that in the dancing. That's what you like. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, I, I just I I think she added a, a good uh, dimension to the film. She added a real good element. Hold on, my cat's yeah. Yeah. yeah, she brought that. We, we thick think she's dimension. the only good thing about this movie. <laughs> no, and uh, I I like Randall's uh, back and forth with uh, the nerd kid. I already forgot his name. Elias, uh, yeah. Elias, yeah. I, I like that part. Uh, but like I said, Dante kind of ruins everything, man. Because because Mark also likes bullying other nerds. Uh-huh. He disagrees I, with. I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, I, th- I think this is the better of the two movies. Uh, I'll keep my opinion about Clerks 3 to myself for now. But between Clerks 1 and 2, I prefer 2. Interesting. I mean, but, like, how do you... It's like a a 1.3 versus a (laughs) 1.4. So, I mean, I can't argue with Mark on that. It's like, do you take a a D minus or a D? All the Clerks movies are some of Kevin Smith's uh, least favorite works of mine. Yeah, because yeah. I think the good ones are going to yeah. be the ones you guys and, are going to talk about uh, with Mallrats and Chasing Amy, uh, even Jersey Girl. I, I know a lot of people shit on Jersey Girl, but I really like it. I, I like think it it's a, has George Carlin in it. I, well, yeah, it, and he not, plays he he plays a great role as as the grandfather, mm-hmm. and I love his dynamic with the little girl and how he's re- really fatherly. Uh, and, but you know that that's a discussion for another for another podcast. And, I love how she's obsessed with Sweeney Todd and Ben yep. Affleck is like, yeah, I love this about you. I will support you. I will support you. you yeah. It's very silly. Yeah. So to me, that's Kevin Smith's best movie. Uh, well, it's tied with Chasing Amy for me. Wow. It really is. I'm so glad we can say nice things about Jersey Girl because no one else agrees with me that that, that movie is actually okay. It's a damn good movie. It's not okay. It's a good, good movie. Wow. And it's... people shit it on it because of the whole J-Lo connection. Mm-hmm. She yes. for five minutes. What the fuck? Yes. Yep. 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 I agree. I agree. And people shat on it like crazy. And she was only in it for five minutes. And, you know, they, they just totally ignored the entire fucking story of the movie, which has yes. way more story than the entire Clerks franchise. Agreed. And I like the fact that he used the cure in in Jersey Girl as well. <laughs> so that that'll that'll always hit me. Of course. Yeah. Did he use Soul Asylum in the Jersey Girl? That was uh, the I remember what only miss. He's he's got I mean he's got Soul Asylum in this one and the first one. So I know. I can't remember if yeah. I, I, I will agree with Mark this Soul Asylum. This Soul Asylum song rules. I mean we'll we'll get the best song. That's a great Soul Asylum. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm, I'm so, I don't agree with your take, Mark, but I'm glad that you did it. So, uh, all right. That's beautiful. Okay. So we're, we're in the studio notes portion of, of the program though. If Kevin Smith brought you this script, what would you change? Uh, less Dante for sure. More Elias. (laughs) Uh, More Elias. More Elias, because I think the, the the humor of the movie is between Randall and Elias. Uh, that's where all the humor uh, lands. Uh, more uh, Wanda Sykes and Earthquake, for sure. Yeah, uh, Earthquake is like quietly the 
best performance in the entire film. <laughs> but, dude, that the whole line so about good. like uh, <laughs> I turn can't take racism. No, no. Well, no. When he says uh, what they need here is some Mexicans. Oh, <laughs> you get yourself five Mexicans. They build a house when you turn your back. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so that. true, man. It like really my, is. My it uncle really and I, when, when we started his construction company, like we built like three houses in like two and a half months. And uh, the rest of the white crews were like, how do you build a house so fast? And like, because we get shit done. Like we don't fucking lollygag all day. Yeah. We don't stand exactly. by the side and of the Exactly. We don't have like 10 supervisors staring yeah. at one guy doing work. Like we, yep. we just, we just bust our ass and like, cause we know we're getting paid by the house. Uh, so it's, it's so true. Y'all like Mexican crews get it done because we like to get paid and we work. Yeah. And we, I mean, earthquake does have all yeah, the, great the earthquake lines. has some great lines. Uh, but yeah, more, more of that humor, uh, less on Dante, even though Rosario was brought in to give Dante life, I guess. Uh, but dude can't act, man. He can't act. I, he just he he bogs yeah, down man. all the film. Every film he bog he just bogs it down. This is why I think that the best version of Clerks is the animated series because they they can do vocal performances and let the animation do the do other thing. work, and it's actually really really funny. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I uh, yeah, I I loved that stupid cartoon. It was, it was dumb, but I loved it. Um, um, and Jay and okay. Silent Bob are great, and maybe more of them. I yeah, and I I will I will always take more Jay and Silent Bob, and mm-hmm. uh, I Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back might be my favorite Kevin Smith movie, Ooh. but I think it's but also I think. Probably Red State. I talked about Red State earlier on the podcast. Okay, Red State. Yeah, okay. Red State's pretty good. I'm not sure if it's, I would consider it my favorite, but it's pretty what about damn good. Dogma. Because I think I, that's Dogma, probably my Dogma's favorite. up there too. I love Dogma. I think that's Dogma's okay. my favorite. I can yeah, relate Dogma. a little too much to it being having been born and raised Catholic and going to Catholic school, like I said earlier. It's just, it, yeah. as As I will say when we get around to the Patreon, it was so incredibly important to me at several different points in my life as I was deconstructing my my own faith and how I was relating to it. Um, so it is like a vitally important film to me, even if it's not like the the greatest film in the world. Because at the end of the day, it's also a film with a giant poop monster. So <laughs> Listen, Andy. <laughs> You've already won me over in spite of me. So don't even worry. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, that's it for studio notes. Here we go with best one-liners or quotes. Mike, our, Mark already said mine in their way better. <laughs> when he <says> them. Okay. <laughs> so mine yep. is... Um, Maybe you can't taste racism. It's good. No, uh, mine comes from Randall. It's a, he when they're, uh, he's talking about how two girls, you know, basically what we were talking about earlier, Andy, about Dante having two wonderful women 
Mm-hmm. Um, he says, how the fuck do you always have like two good looking girls who want you? You're the most hideous fucking chud I've ever met. And you always have a pair of girls <laughs> fighting over you. <laughs> That's the truth. How the fuck? I mean, really true. When it comes yeah. to women, he just fails up. I don't understand it. Like Veronica happen? was the best character in the first clerks. He didn't deserve her. Yep. He doesn't deserve any of these women. He doesn't deserve Caitlin. He doesn't deserve Veronica. He doesn't deserve Mrs. Hicks. He doesn't deserve Becky. They're all way out of his league. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> so frustrating. Um, speaking of Becky, she's got my favorite line. I'm disgusted and repulsed and and I can't look away. Um which is how I feel about this movie. Uh, hat tip, uh, honorable mention to the Silent Bob line, I got nothing, which again encapsulates what I believe is Kevin Smith's actual commentary about this movie. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's harsh. Yep. I love Randall's take on uh, Lord of the Rings. Everybody I, walked in that movie. Even the trees walked. Yeah, even trees walked. Like he makes that guy throw up. Like, that's just my favorite thing. <laughs> like he's so angry, he throws up. Uh, JB, do you have a favorite line? Uh, it's um, you. Uh, anything from Earthquake is great. But yeah. yeah. Like you can't taste racism. It's such a random line for this movie. <laughs> and it kind of comes out of nowhere, and I think that's a that's why it's such an intriguing line because it's like. This is Clerks. What is this doing here? Yeah. Um, but it does. It really helps the movie. I, think. I mean, Earth, Earthquake is the Olaf of this movie. He just, like, comes yeah. in out of nowhere. He and Wanda Sykes steal that scene and then walk away, and the movie isn't the same. So it's just. Let me ask you guys. If you were in his position, would you eat the food? It was given to you for free by somebody who said Porch Monkey. Would you have eaten it? You eat free food, shit. Yeah, as long as they didn't spit on it, I don't give a shit. Yeah, see, I agree with you, Marco, and I have a feeling the white boys aren't going to agree with us. Oh no, no, they're they're uncomfortable right now, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'm just trying to think if I would have eaten it anyway. Fuck yeah, I would have eaten it. I would have eaten it. It's, I, I mean, yes, but also at the same time. I know that I will basically never be made to feel that way in, in the same way. Like, I don't know Well, I'm, I'm going to get berated for being white by going into some restaurant and they'll still give me free food. Like what if they called you a Karen or something? That's not the same thing, but you know, something. No, exactly. There's nothing that like they could say to me, they could call me honky, honky cracker, Mick, (laughs) no, whatever. And I don't know why honky makes me giggle every time. (laughs) Sanford and son right there, man. It does make Melissa. That is the Melissa. I I remember it more from the Jeffersons. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, like, his daughter was dating a white honky or something? Yeah. He said it all the time. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me of uh, in again, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when, when Chris Rock is the director, uh, Chaka something or other, I can't remember. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and he has his, his executive assistant 
and he's like he's like uh makes him bring him his coffee he's like i bet you put your boogers in there taste it taste that booger flavor and he drinks it and he's like tastes fine to me chaka and he's like yeah i bet it tastes fine to you and I'm like, like, you're the man chaka no you're the man and that's the problem and that's the problem <laughs> that scene is so good but if if i had to like i don't know if 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 a black person berated me and made me drink their coffee, uh, like I, it, it, there's no conceivable situation in which I could be made to feel the same way because the power dynamics will never exist where. I guess the only thing Andy, I can think of is, I mean, it's not even close to the same, but I'm thinking of all the times, like when I'll go to a, a place and I know the Mexican guys are making fun of me. You know, because I hear him like, hey, Gavacho in the back. Right? <laughs> you know, it's not the same, but you know when they're bagging on you and you're kind of like, yeah, but I mean, you still make the best cheeseburgers or whatever, right? Yeah. Like it's carne asada. So it's, again, it's not even close to the same dynamic, like you said. Yeah. But I mean, but free food, like I'm never going to turn down free food. Me I neither, just, man. I'm never going to turn down food that, you know, like, like Mark, we talk about. I mean, listen. If a if a Mexican guy is gonna make anything for me, I'm like put it on put it on my plate. Like I don't care what it is because you again, it's just it's so different than having you know a, a white college kid <laughs> from BYU make my food. You know what I mean? Like yeah. of course, it's just a different ball game. But yeah, the power dynamic. It's a great question. Yeah, I never thought about it. Because I, um, I just I, I felt like you guys were gonna say no on some kind of white principle, and 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 Marco and I were gonna be like, "Fuck free food, let's eat." You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, and it's, it is because it is. It's like I know when the guys are in the back, like, "Hey, Gavacho, why does he want so much bullshit?" You know, I'm like, "That's fine, say whatever you want, as long as right. it comes out and it's delicious." Guys, I don't care. When when I was uh, field working as a kid, um, there was a city we stopped by off of Lagrange. And there was this restaurant where um, we weren't allowed to get down. One of my uncles got down because he was the more white complected of us. He got burgers for everybody. And I actually wrote about this in college. Like it was one of the papers that, you know, got me recognition. Uh, it's called uh, Graduation Day. But there's, there's a whole story. Anyway, so the whole point to this is that uh, when he finally got the burgers and we got them in the car and we drove out, I noticed a sign that said, no dogs, no Mexicans. And we ate those burgers, and they were so fucking good. They were Shocker so good. that this was outside of Lagrange, Texas. Yeah, you no guys crap. stopped wow. there for the hookers. You, yeah, you but, went to the best little whorehouse in Texas because that's where it was. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, like, it, it fucking ate it. Who the fuck cares? I mean, it sucks that you know that, that happened. It sucked that people get called certain things. But if it's free food, fuck, I'm gonna eat it. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I don't like wasting food because you know they're not going to serve that to nobody else. They're just going to throw it away, right? They're going to throw it away, yeah. right? Yeah. Why? Why yeah. waste that food? You know. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I, I just wanted to see. Speaking of social experiments, I just wanted to see. <laughs> what <I was> say. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, best side character. Side character. Mm. It's uh, it's the pillow pants. Pill, yeah, pillow it's pants. the pillow pants. Yeah, pillow pants. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, I was joking, but 
I no, that's what I was going to say. The troll that lives in, in Elias' girlfriend's pussy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. Definitely uh, the most creative side character. And and uh, um, and 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 second in second place, earthquake. An earthquake. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, best song. Here we go. Soul Asylum. Yeah. Soul Asylum Misery. Really? Yeah. yeah good song. Because Misery so, was what I felt watching this movie. I mean, how how fitting that this movie ends with a song called Misery. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I, Smith put us through. That's right. That's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I really like that song, though. I don't know why. I just. It sent that, me down. A, a, well, it started off as a like a soul asylum deep dive and turned into like 90s, you know, rock type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, which which was the best part of my evening because it sure as hell wasn't this movie. <laughs> that's for sure. I I don't love Soul Asylum. I don't own any Soul Asylum album, but I love this song. Um, I don't know. I think it just. I think I might really... have owned a CD copy of was it Grave Dancers Union? Grave Dancers Union. Yeah, I think I run away train. Back. They only have three good songs. That's it. <laughs> I think they have four. They got. Three they had. Hands. They had a really great song on this charity album for. Um, Lucinda Williams. Um, oh, yeah. There's it's a bunch of '90s. It's like like all the big '90s bands, you know, and they all did a cover of one of her songs. Like the Lemonheads are on there, and um, and the, the Lemonheads one is actually it's called Frying Pan. It's my favorite, but that that album is really good. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's it's a Lucinda Williams because like she she's a musician who didn't have health insurance, of course. And uh, she got very, very like gravely ill and was so just hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So they made this album of covers of her songs, not only to raise money for her, but to hopefully pique interest in her work so that others would start buying it. And um, yeah, yeah they're, yeah. it's called Summer of Drugs. Their, their track is really good. I think it's better actually than any of their songs. Um, so check it out if you want. It's I forget what it's called, but it's called Sweet Relief. Okay, yes. I re- I remembered that because um, it's also got the Pearl Jam Crazy Mary. Yeah, that's a great so. track too. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it, it's a really good album. It's really really good. Yeah, Matthew Sweet, the Jayhawks, um, Buffalo Tom. So yeah, that's a pretty. That looks I okay. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go listen to the rest of that album. That's good. yeah. Oh, but Mark, they've got it. Okay, I'm gonna name off four or five good Soul Asylum songs. Ah, all right. So, <laughs> here we go. Let's see if we can do it. Just to prove you wrong, Marco. Okay, I'm gonna no because well maybe maybe Mark disagrees, but Runaway Train. Yeah, of course. Uh, this this song, Misery. Mm-hmm. Um. Somebody to shove. That's three. Black gold. No. No. Stop it. Stop it. Black gold in a white town. Come on. No. That's... No. <laughs> no. And and the song from the first clerk soundtrack. Um what was that? What was that one called? That's how good it is that you remember. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I don't uh, think you're helping. Yeah, no. You're not making it much of a point here. I, you know, I, I, can song, I just put Summer of Drugs in there the, from the Listen to oh, Williams oh, tribute oh, album? Oh, That's oh, a Williams fucking song. great yeah. track. Sure. But it's it's just a cover, though. It's not really there. So maybe it doesn't count. Yeah, no, so it we'll doesn't see. count. <laughs> we'll accept. And <laughs> and the, the score for uh, um, your favorite Kevin Smith movie, Chasing Amy, that Dave Perner wrote. Oh, he's got yeah. you there. Oh, 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 oh. I uh, should mark that. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a tough one. I love you, Mark. I know. I know. <laughs> Being here. I'm, I'm so, this I'm is so why he shows up, y'all. I know. Yeah. We're just bullying him. Like I've I'm been on here right. for five minutes and I'm getting shit on. He, he's 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 the Elias of the podcast today. I know. I'm oh sorry. I'll, I'll be nice, Mark. I'm sorry. At least they're not cheating in your food. Um, I hope I don't I, have to deal with pillow pants. <laughs> you don't have to deal with my pillow pants. I got that. I, I peed it out on my twenty-first birthday. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, but I'm. I guess I'm the only person who's going to stick up for the Jackson Five ABC as being better oh, than yeah. Solo Of Science. course, yeah. Shit. Oh, duh. Yeah. That? Yeah. Okay. Well, but is that the song or is that the whole experience? Like, if they no, it's done the song. You shut the hell up. That song <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> It is, Maybe but I you mean, shut listen. your mouth. If they did a misery song and it was just Mark's life, <laughs> there, that, that song that is so apropos like for me right now. <laughs> That's it what really I mean. Is. Like, oh, yep. Now, whose favorite song is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I agree because that's the that's the thing I will say <laughs> that misery more reflects my life for the last few years than the Jackson Five. I wish yeah, I want Jackson Five, guys. If yeah. ABC represented your life right now, we should really talk about your elementary school grades because <laughs> but it's that's just more so what happy I'd be worried and about. Fun. Mm-hmm. I just uh, you know it just. It's got a groove and it makes you want to get up and dance. And yeah. it just even if you can't dance like me or Dante, it's infectious. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, any any other songs people people loved from this movie? Um, best kill or death? Did anybody die in this movie? Unfortunately, not the dignity? clerk franchise. Yeah, oh, like Melissa's patience. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's my vote. That died um, about the time Dante picked up Randall to go to work. I think that was uh, five minutes into the movie. If that, yeah, yeah. Uh, the R.I.P. That awesome cake that Mrs. Hayes made for for Dante. Mm. Goodbye, cake. That cake was awesome looking. Oh, how, what an ass Dante is. Okay. Is this a good movie? No. no. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, Mark is a yes. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Mark is a okay. Yeah. Well, Mark reserves the right to be wrong all the time. Hey, it made it made a shit ton of money, didn't it? I I mean more than uh more yeah, than the other so movies, yes. Yeah. So did that new Jim Caviezel film. <laughs> the 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 bullshit one about human don't, trafficking. Yeah. Hey, don't you talk yeah. bad about Jesus. Oh <laughs> I I will if he is playing Tim Ballard, that piece of shit who can go to hell. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, we should. Lots of things. Lots of things make a lot of money, and we should talk about Sound of Freedom sometime. Oh my god, I hate that movie so much. I don't want to. Anyway, I'm not. I do not watch any of that shit. It's all propaganda. It is. It's and it's the worst kind of propaganda because it's also boring propaganda. Bad movie. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, Mark. Like, okay, if if this is a good movie, where are you rating it on a scale of like? Zero to five or zero to ten. Zero to ten, I'd give it a solid six and a half. Okay. So it's not like, yeah, this is a really solid movie. It's like Yeah, I didn't see it was good. I didn't see it was great. I said it was it was okay. It's not bad. It's like is okay. Okay. It's not bad. I'm gonna give it a two. Ooh. Ouch. One point for Rosario Dawson, one point for the Jackson Five, and that's it. And half a point for the rooftop. <laughs> that was the Jackson yeah. Five. That's why you said two point five, didn't you? Or are you just a solid two? I said two. Didn't oh, okay. I? Yeah. Never mind. Never yeah, mind. I, I think I'd, I think I'd give it a four, and I'd give two to Rosario Dawson, and one and a half to the Jackson Five musical number, and a half for Randall, like finally realizing that they should buy the quick stop and that's it but yeah that's a four so um yeah i guess i'm like the inverse of mark i don't i don't think it's a hor as horrible a movie like i've seen some really really bad movies that you made um, us watch yes true <laughs> um uh, yeah but um i don't know there's yeah yeah and by um, the way, I made y'all watch some horrible movies too, so you know. This one. <laughs> this is all your fault, Melissa. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we're this watching. Is not, this is my choice. Is my fault. I know. This is not the power of one. No, so nothing will ever be that bad. No. Or yeah. Saturday's Warrior, even though, listen. That was fun. It was that movie, incredible. That movie it was is so fun. special. No. That's the only movie I, that I've had to watch where I had to drink. That's the maddest I've ever seen Melissa type. <laughs> like Saturday's Warrior was the maddest I've ever seen comments come across. So it was just so much. Power what one, the fuck is this? Yeah, Power of One. Everyone was just like, "Oh, this is terrible." But Saturday's Warrior like legit made people angry, which is great. <laughs> like that's awesome. I mean, at least it is eliciting a, a response, right? Okay. We were all trying to get the cigarettes from that guy at the end. We're like, can we have those? I think we're going to need them. <laughs> okay. Um, is the main character of Clerks 2 a good person? Interpret Who's that how character? you will. Unless it's Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson's a good person. Yeah, she, she is. is. Becky. Randall gets worse. And, and I mean, they in the poster, she is front and center. She is front and center. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Until Clerks 3. Spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I think the main characters get worse. I agree. Yeah. I think I think what was forgivable when they were in their early twenties is now completely objectionable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like I Randall. Awful. Uh, I liked him in Randall. the first one. Yeah, I like Randall. But this one I don't like. Him. Yeah, I don't like him in this one. But I, I liked him in the first one. He was the he was like the counter to Dante's idiocy, you know? Um, yeah. And he made some solid points about shit that Dante should have been able to make himself. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. But he did come to the some good conclusions here. I just don't understand why they had to like character assassinate him before doing it. You know, um, yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. But knowing what I know now about why this movie was made, I guess it makes sense because it, you know, is doing fair. it out of like obligation and not because it was like his passion. You know. Yeah, and I know I went off in the last episode about how Dante is the ultimate like neutral person and therefore bad Dante is a full-on bad person in this film Mm -hmm. he is taking advantage of this amazing woman who for some reason absolutely loves him and is going to be his golden ticket uh, to a better life and he cheats on her with his boss that he can't even like I don't know uh, relate to on any sort of level and he right. gets her pregnant it's like, Ahsoka just... of course you're gonna you're gonna take your shot at Ahsoka well yeah I mean because Rosario Dawson is amazing and uh, yes I agree oh yeah but he is a bad person for cheating on his if okay if you have feelings for someone and you are engaged to someone else did he have feelings for her Randall called it out from the very start. Broken it off. He should have. Should have, but he he didn't have feelings for her. That was a a nothing relationship, and she was settling. uh, (gasps) Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She was settling. She was absolutely settling. That's what I said. She she was settling. She was trying to find. She was finally trying to find a nice guy after years of not doing so. So they they were both shitty people. It was a shitty relationship. Randall called it out throughout the entire movie. He was better off with Rosario Dawson because she's Ahsoka and Ahsoka can do no wrong. Yes, but Dante does not deserve her. She deserves someone. She deserves Dante someone doesn't deserve her, her and nobody nobody deserves anybody in this movie, honestly. Nope. Nope. Cuz yeah, it's shit. a bunch of mediocre They're they're dudes, all immature pricks who who are experiencing arrested development. All of them. Every single one of them. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Should we show this to children? (laughs) No. (laughs) Maybe if you want an example of how not to turn out. I had to actually pause this movie because my 15-year-old walked in right as the donkey show was about to happen. He's like, what's this? And I'm like, Claire's oh too. My God. You do not want to watch this. Please go in the other room. And he's like, okay. That's and then did you yell donkey? Donkey. From the- donkey. <laughs> donkey. Donkey. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, any, any final thoughts? No. Okay. Melissa, why don't you set up Clerks 3 for us? I have not seen it, so I have no idea what we're Oh, doing. shit. Whoa. You haven't seen it? Oh, wow. Seen wow. It nope. I've been saving it. Once you once you called it as your franchise, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait, and I'm going to watch it with fresh eyes right before we record. So you know what's interesting? Earlier when we were talking, before uh, JB and Marco joined us, we were talking about um, how – how we would change the script and then that's around when JB came in. But I don't think he heard when you were saying how they don't deal with tragedy. Oh, uh, yeah. 
and they have to deal with some tragedy in the next one. Yep. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep. It, it's and, kind well, of I the know. whole point of the film, in fact. And Dante's still a shitty actor in part three. <laughs> I know Randall better. has a heart attack, and it's also kind of Kevin's. No, Randall doesn't have a heart attack. No, it's there's way worse things. Yeah, there's, oh. yeah. It's not Randall's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought Randall, no, Randall does problem. have a fucking heart attack. Yeah, but he doesn't. It, that well, yeah, it, it's I mean, not the happen. heart. Well, not, you gotta you gotta watch the movie. But you know what? Randall's the one that actually shows growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't surprise any of us. Of right? course not. But that's the like the self-insert piece of like uh, Randall has the heart attack, almost dies, and says we need to make a movie about working in this place. And it's Kevin Smith coming back after he almost died of a heart attack and, you know, coming back to this well. Like that's that's my understanding of what the movie is. Is it something totally different than that? Dissuade You'll find out in the first three minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to hate the first few minutes right away. And then you'll hate the rest (laughs) and you'll be perfect. (laughs) I only saw it once. And um, yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. The production like value falls quite one. a bit. Ooh. Yeah, they got a good budget, at least. Interesting. Yeah. Um, interesting that, Melissa, you like this better than... Or that you liked it better than this I one. like three oh. better than two, for sure. Okay. That's, wow. a, that's a good one. Wow. Yeah. Fun. Right. Fun times. Okay. Mark, I really hope you can join us for Clerks 3 or for... Just for the last 20 minutes. Come in and just, like... Tell us, tell us all tell how us what it is. Are. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been this has been great. So yeah. Okay. Uh, see you all uh, next oh, time. I, I haven't done my birthday movie announcement. Oh, 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 oh! oh, 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 oh you want to do that okay. today? Let's do it. Shut yeah. Let's, okay. Let's so, announce. So it's gonna be right Rumblefish. Oh. Nah, I'm just, oh, I'm just really? fucking y'all. I'm I'm oh, absolutely like, fucking God. with y'all. Like I didn't know I was like gonna get a, a birthday Mark pick. Movie. That is like not a Mark movie. I <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Nothing like a, a stoned Nicolas Cage <laughs> Coppola film. Yes. Anyway, okay. All right, what's your real movie? No, I I was just fucking around with y'all. Like I I didn't know that that was actually gonna be a thing. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a thing, duh. Well, fuck. Well, yeah. now I gotta think about it. God damn. Oh, oh, I thought, I, thought I told you, like, come on, we're we're doing this, and what I'm hoping is we can do them kind of back to back with you and JB in between clerks and whatever we do next. Yeah, because I got to pick mine too. All right, yeah. well, let, let, let me think about it. It might be the English Patient. Oh, I love that movie. I'm so do I. I was, I was once again, I was fucking around, but you know what? I'm, I love the book too. The book is really good. Yeah, that's such a great movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. Okay, Mark. Okay. So we'll announce it next week. Okay. Back to back. Sounds good. Sure. That sounds okay, good. let's do it. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, we will we will see you all next time. Um, I, don't, I don't know. You can't taste race. With Rumblefish. <laughs> With Rumblefish. <laughs> Peace.
Thank you. That will be all. God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye.